Welcome back, folks. It's the SoCo Show, episode number 153. This is the voice of the co-host, Cody Michael. I'm joined, as always, by the so-host, Seth Ott. Wicked, wicked, what's up? <laughs> there you go. Oh wow! Um, and we need to up our we need to up up our uh, white boy quotient up to two again this week. So let's bring in our third guest. At your oh, he's not dead. <laughs> oh no, he's dead. <laughs> Jared, what's up, man? Hello, my fellas. Who wants some mayonnaise on these saltines? <laughs> oh, there no. There we go. Now we're getting comfy. <laughs> That's the most <laughs> disgusting thing I've ever heard of. Yum, 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 yum. <laughs> I bet you there's someone out there who, like, eats that. Like, not ironically, just they actually enjoy like, what? it. What? Why are I you heard, making uh, fun of me? They were doing, um, on, on the radio, uh, I was on my way to work, and they were doing, like, this jury thing where they're talking about... Um, like the grossest stuff and like food what people eat on food like a normal i guess a normal midwestern thing like what they've heard as being a normal thing and one of them was peanut butter banana butter and mayonnaise sandwiches (laughs) say the ingredients again (laughs) peanut butter banana butter and mayonnaise okay so my main issue with that other than it's got mayonnaise in it the rest of that sounds the rest of that sounds fine but uh there's three spreadable yep toppings on that what are you spreading the third thing on well the mayonnaise that's what i want to know the mayonnaise could be a little bit more of like an in-between like the the, the bananas like float in the mayonnaise no <laughs> I just oh. gagged because fucking you have to have if you're not gonna spread it you, that means it's not thin that means you're having that like, is globs and, oh that's making me want to vomit I really don't like mayonnaise oh it's like it's like one or two weeks away from becoming cottage cheese <laughs> oh no oh. see wow. I if it was Miracle Whip I I could imagine a world in which that's like not it's not good but it's like I wouldn't vomit because Miracle Whip's a little sweet. So that could blend well with, like, the banana. See, this is what I'm thinking. I'm thinking, you know, the peanut butter banana, awesome. The butter you put on the outside to grill, and instead Ooh. of getting a normal mayonnaise, you get something with a little bit of spice. So you get that peanut butter flavor with a little bit of spice, like a chipotle mayo. <laughs> See, now you're thinking, Jerry. Yeah. This is what I'm talking about. You oh, are a master man. chef. I mean, I'm. that just sounds really good because I'm hungry right now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I... I guess if you're out there, uh, let us know if you tried this beast. What is uh, peanut butter, mayonnaise, butter, and banana sandwich? Uh-huh. And Where that's are a Midwest thing, yeah. Yeah, apparently that's like something that was like a pat. The, apparently the person had it because they passed it. Their mom passed it down from them, and the, it was like a recipe. <laughs> it's and a really bad horror, horror film, film of like hereditary God. passing something on. Yeah, there's also pubes. It sounds in like. It. <laughs> it sounds like so- oh God. I was going to say, it lemonade. sounds more, it sounds like they found one of grandma's old grocery lists and <laughs> was a recipe. She yeah. wrote it on a, one of those like note cards and they thought it was a recipe instead of her grocery yeah. list. Oh, and they've been eating that nonsense. Oh, that shit. Ugh. 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 What I'm picturing is when, uh, when Spun, I'm actually like, Oh, that's gross. That gross. The, the, I think it's the mayonnaise of it all. Like grosses me out. Yeah. yeah. I'm picturing like when SpongeBob eats 
Gary's snail food one time on that oh. show. It, it like gums his mouth up in this really gross way. And that that's what I'm picturing this fucking sandwich. I really wish you hadn't brought my attention to this sandwich, Seth. It's it's upsetting me so far. It's it's de- it's decreased the overall quality of what otherwise was a pretty good day. Okay. Well, I mean, I'm just I mean, I'm not surprised, but you found a way to to bring back something traumatic to something that would be traumatic to you to relate it to SpongeBob. That's that's always been your coping mechanism is SpongeBob. It's true. It's true. And it works every time. There's nothing you can't bring back to SpongeBob. Let that be the lesson to you folks. While you're eating your horrible fucking snail food sandwiches, be thinking about SpongeBob SquarePants. Oh my gosh. Well, nasty sandwiches aside, uh, let's see what's going on on the show this week. Uh, we definitely got some reviews. Uh, a few, few from the TV corner and a few from the world of movies, um, including uh, some interesting throwbacks on this week's episode. Uh, we're going to play some games, a couple fun ones. Uh, one that we haven't dug out in a while, and this was my week for We Missed the Boats. We got all that stuff to talk about and more. Oh, man, and more. Uh, but before we get into any of that, we got to start with a chic tweet. I call you a punk. Guess we forgot to pull one up again. Oh, man. <laughs> it's honestly the trigger is when you say, um, is, is when you like start to wrap it up. And then, then you went butt first. And then I'm like, shit, shit, shit. <laughs> I forgot my homework. Uh, pretty much. I'm going to not edit this pause so people understand what we go through. You While he's finding that? one, I got a question. Yeah. Do you guys ever have right. that dream where you... Uh, uh, it's like the almost the end of the semester of college, like two weeks left, and you find out there's a class you just didn't do any homework for, and you still have it. I've not had that one. Oh I've man, I have it all I've, the time. I've dreamt of missing missing finals, like missing tests. Oh, yeah. a girl, uh, a girl I worked with missed her final and had to retake the class. Oh no! Oh, brutal. I, I felt so bad because she took she had uh it was the same class, but hers was like Monday, mine was Friday. And, uh, yeah, she was at work and I'm like, oh, how was the exam? And she's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, yours was today. And then she like, you know, gets in that panic mode and started looking things up. And yeah, unfortunately, uh, missed it. Oh, fuck. I would have died that in Mm -hmm. college. That would have killed me. Mm -hmm. I would have been like, yeah, no, that's it for me. I would have walked in front of a side ride or something. (laughs) Free free tuition. (laughs) Yeah, no shit. <laughs> All right, you ready? Oh, you finally got one there? I was waiting for you. Oh, okay. Go ahead, Seth, with the Sheik tweet. Thank you. All right. Iron Sheik gives uh gives us some advice that I think we all should be all should be following uh nowadays. There's a lot of a lot of um negativity in the world, uh especially online. So Iron Sheik is laying it down uh in the only platform and format he knows how to. That's less than 120 characters on Twitter. And he says, fuck the hate and the haters. Love everyone or go fuck yourself. Boom. That's, I'm not even going to add anything to that. That was just good. That's a chic tweet. I call you a punk. Before I shout out our sponsors, I'm curious about your dream, Jared. Did you just have, you just had the fucking... The the I missed my test dream 
Did that just recently happened to you? Because you haven't been um, in school for like fucking a while. Oh, yeah. No, the thing is, I still have it. I mean, a surprise. I've been out of college for many years, and I still have this at least probably once a year, probably or once a month, probably. That is so crazy. Yeah. I looked I, it up, and I think it's just the fact that I'm just, like, anxious and worried about everything. So, like, that's what manifests in my dream. Yeah. I can see that. One I get that's common is um, I am... I'm trying to get to a tryout and it, it varies. It's been, it's been like a, like an acting type tryout and it's also been a football tryout. At different <laughs> times. And like in either case, I'm certain I'm going to make the team or get on the part. I just have to get to the tryout and I can never get there. I'm like trying to get there and things keep stopping me. I have that dream. Um, that Man, that one, me. in a roundabout way, that one sounds worse than mine. <laughs> oh, I hated him. Cause I was like, I, you know, and I, I know it's really weird for me to think that like I made it through most of a dream without realizing that my having a walk on tryout to the Chicago bears, like doesn't make any sense. Um, <laughs> but I'd get all the way through this dream being like, wow, I'm going to be a football player. And then I wake up and be like, oh yeah, no, I'm not a football player. <laughs> not like, again. That's the, that's the part that sucks. Um, but you know, whatever. Seth, while well, we got time for dream analysis, what, what do you, what? <laughs> What are you cooking up over there? <laughs> um, I mean, I don't, uh, I don't really have a lot of dreams. Um, I, I mostly, uh, I just have such a dark and empty soul that I just dive into it every single night, and uh, so I don't have time to dream. Um, but uh, I get that. I, I don't know. I, oh. I, I, I don't. The only recurring dreams I guess I've had are like ones where, <laughs> and it's actually, it's, um, I'm, I'm. I'm missing work at uh, our old at our old high school job at Fairway, um, but in my dreams, so like I, I'm I'm just not able like I keep skipping work without telling the boss or like calling in or anything. But in this mm. dream, it's because I'm working at my current job, and I've had it for the two jobs since. It's really <laughs> weird. Um, it's, I've had two different jobs since working there. I had it when I was at my next job after, and then I still have it in this in the current job. But I, I still know, like I I can differ differentiate between working at my first job and the job I have now. So like, it's like the the prior job never happened. I still always had the job at Fairway, but I am I also have the job I have now. So it's creating a conflict. You you gotta listen to your dreams, follow your dreams, and go back to that job. That's <laughs> what that's <laughs> telling you. You need it's to be so, back at Fairway, man. It's so weird though because in that dream, um, like I, I still like I'll go in like once every three weeks. Like the, this is the, that's <laughs> that's the thing is like I've, I've had this whole backstory now in this dream where it's like I haven't been in for like three weeks, but then I go in this day because I it I have it off and um I like I ch- I go up to check the old schedule like on the clipboard and stuff and I don't see any hours for me and I'm like oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> though they fired me like you're worried <laughs> yeah how are you gonna pay oh your gosh. dream bills it's it's really weird i don't <laughs> yeah it's really weird i don't and and this isn't a dream like i've had it i've i don't know probably five or six times in my life so it's not like a ton but it's enough where i remember it and I remembered it. I just remember it because it was so weird. I'd wake up afterwards and be like, "What? What does this have to do with anything?" Like, <laughs> I don't know. That re- Seth's dream reminds me of two things. One, uh, my mom 
who you guys know works at a hotel, um, often has like unreliable employees. And she had one that she told me about not long ago, which by the way, this could be a whole segment on the show. My mom has a whole myriad of weird employees, but she caught someone recently who would show up to work, clock in and then fucking leave. (laughs) (laughs) And they would go to another job. (laughs) They would work at the other job and then come back to the hotel at the end of the day and clock out and then just pretend they were there all day. But they, had a, they had a job where they kind of just had free reign. Like they didn't, you know, they, they could kind of be in and out and they didn't really have to report to anybody. And so it was, it was like not uncommon for people to not see this guy around all the time, but he just flat out wasn't fucking there. He'd come clock out and leave. What I was his other so job? Uh, I think it was, he had a similar job. He just did it at another like company or business and it was nearby. Like he walked to wherever it is. The other job was. And he, no, wow. no one ever saw him. That's crazy. Um, yeah. how long or if they did, I, they didn't say anything. I, I don't know if you know the specifics, but how long did he pull this off? I don't know. Um, and it's hard to say. And this is, this is a, this is a hotel that my mom just recently took control of. So it could have been going on for years for all we know. Um, wow. but she, she figured it out and, and it, I guess it took her a few months. That's um, awesome. That dude's just running yeah. like double, double salary right That's, there. Yeah. That, that is even better because there was this one story that we always talked about at work where a guy had, he was like a pretty high up position. I think he was making, you know, like 150 or something, like a branch manager or something. Um, and he essentially outsourced his job to someone in India. So he paid them to do all of his work and he just pocketed the rest and he never <laughs> went in either. So these people, I, I'm curious on how much this actually happens now. Awesome. <laughs> Dude, work from home. There's an opportunity. Yeah. That is funny. I heard, I used to hear about people paying people online to do their homework for them. But I hadn't, I hadn't heard of the. Oh my gosh! Uh, Why am I not doing that? I should be doing high schoolers' homework right now. You could be making quite a bit of money. There's a lot of rich, dumb high school kids that don't want to study. Oh man. And you could right. be taking like ninth grade algebra too. You'd feel like a genius. Oh yeah, I'd feel smart for once. Yeah. Oh man. Or fifth grade. I don't know. I'm. I don't think I'm smarter than a fifth grader. Are you smarter than a fifth grader? I, that show's cute, but it's fucking dumb. The, sh- the stuff that fifth graders know is stupid. Like, we don't... T- the, they're always like, oh, what was Abraham Lincoln's brother's name? Like, who cares? <laughs> <laughs> An adult doesn't need to know that, but that's the kind of stupid things we teach, what, 12-year-olds? And so... God, not Did even he that. have like a brother? I have no idea. But that's the kind of thing that a fifth His grader would Lance. know that an adult never would. It's always crap like that. It's never like... You know, what's a square root of some shit that you don't, you know, nah, maybe not square roots, but like um, solve for X, right? Mm-hmm. They, of course, an adult's going to know that and a, and a fifth grader's not, but they don't ask you stuff like that. They ask you like how many colors are in a crayon box. Um, so it's, anyway, I didn't mean to jump off on the fifth grader thing. Well, this is weird. I didn't know this. Um, so apparently, are you smarter than the fifth grader? It's not hosted by Jeff Foxworthy anymore, um, but it's it's hosted on Nickelodeon. Started last year. I don't know if it's still on anymore, but it was on Nickelodeon with John Cena as the host. Whoa! What? Yeah. How did we miss that? See, I thought I thought Ari smarter than a fifth grader was 
um, syndicated now with a different host, kind of like they did for Deal or No Deal and stuff. Um, wow. But it appears that it, it is not because they had enough episodes with Foxworthy to syndicate it. But I thought it was doing like where, you know, like the it was just like the discount versions of it, you know. But right. apparently they're not doing that. John Cena's huh. hosting it. Well, I guess that's cool. I mean, I never need to watch it, so that's nice to know. There you go. Um, the dream I had the other the dreams my my most anxious dream that I get, and I only have it when I'm really anxious. the The premise of the dream, and this happens before I even start the dream. So I start the dream with the knowledge that I have just murdered someone, <laughs> and I don't know why. I, I don't typically know like really who it is or why. I think I've, I've had a vague sense that I was defending myself in most cases, but um, anyway, I'm, I'm stuck having murdered someone. And um, my, the whole dream is me trying not to get caught. So it's like, that's a really high anxiety dream to have. And so I wake up fucking exhausted from it. But like, I'm running and, and trying to like change my name to get an apartment and like find jobs and shit. Like it's really in depth. Uh, according to my brain, what you would need to do if you if you murdered someone and needed to get away, but it's really fucking stressful. That's my that's my most common I would say stress dream. Excuse me, stress dream. Mm-hmm. Well, again, I don't know how long we're gonna stay on this dream thing, but uh, <laughs> we I'm have just so think- much time. <laughs> I'm I'm just thinking to myself, and this is like do and again, I'm not gonna murder anyone, but murdering someone, robbing a bank, anything like that, impossible today. 50 years ago, probably pretty easy. Oh, yeah, not even hard. Like, pre-DNA evidence, getting away with murder wasn't fucking very hard at all. People do it all the time. That's why there's all those unsolved mysteries and cold case files for them to do on TV. That's true. My grandparents used to live in this area that was like this really heavily wooded uh, rural part of Kentucky. And there's no cell coverage for like miles, like where their house is. And, um, I, it used to scare the shit out of me to go there. Cause I was like, if I disappeared in here, no, you would never find someone you there. You couldn't do it. You couldn't find a person and all that. And so there's like, still there's, there's people that disappear in those parts all the time. Like any, anytime you get someone near a vast amount of wilderness, there's always people fucking disappearing. That scares the shit out of me that that can still happen and no one find you. I don't like that. There's, there's some weird, creepy people just in a log cabin somewhere like straight up hostile style doing some weird hey yeah go down the road to your left and then they mm-hmm. blow out their tires and then hunt them like i don't know man 2020 is crazy the world's scary the world's scary dreams are scary even i guess that some, of the, uh, some, the world some of those might be bordering on nightmare territory but i don't know um well that was a fun impromptu conversation about dreams <laughs> uh, before we go any further, let's let's pause and uh, give a quick shout out to all of our sponsors. Uh, first of all, audibletrial.com slash SoCo. Hit the link in the description box. You're going to get 30 days of Audible and your first book for free. Free. Mathis Designs. Head over to etsy.com slash shop slash Mathis Designs for all your stationery and graphic design needs. Paid. And of course, Mike's Wood. Head over to etsy.com slash shop slash cornfed and wed to get your woodworked. <laughs> oh, he brought that one back. That was a real <laughs> crowd pleaser. Oh, wow. All right, and let's go to one more ad. Here's our previously recorded selves to talk about Anchor. That's going to sound really weird. 
It's probably, yeah, I don't know. I, I started to was, talk about something else and I know I needed to cut that back in. So I, <laughs> it probably wasn't very, probably wasn't very, everyone in their car is probably like, what the fuck was that? And now I'm explaining it to them and they're all like, oh, I see it. I get it. I know what happened. This is how the sausage is made. <laughs> you were, you were, I had made the gross noise and you were, you were reacting to that is what. Oh. Uh, so it's going to be me going, oh, wow, you're nasty. By the way, here's an ad for egg. That's, yeah, yeah. yeah it, it was one. like, I do the noise and then it's just going to go, all right, and here's the ad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's exactly how I'll put it together, too. And then people will be really confused until they get to this point in the podcast. <laughs> wow. Wow. People are going to start being like, wow, there, 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 there's like depth and Easter eggs and like little details that you have to watch out for in the SoCo show. And it's actually just because we're incompetent jackasses. Um, we are not uh, professional podcasters, in case anyone forgot. Um, anyway, now that we've been smoothly edited back into a single string of conversation, uh, I wanted game. to talk about something that I know is going to be controversial, and you're going to want to dismiss this out of hand as soon as you hear it. But I urge you to let me say my piece, and... Um, I don't think I'll be able to change your mind, but I think I might be able to open it up just a touch. Don't touch my mind. The thing I want to say, I, I watched a movie. I watched a movie on the plane when I was flying home uh, yesterday. The and plane. The plane. I had a, I had a pretty, I had a pretty enjoyable time watching this movie, and so I want to assert, um, and and declare that I think. Justice League is better than it gets credit for. Now, I'm not I'm not telling I'm not saying I'm not saying that Justice League is great. I'm not saying is it like as good as as I'm going to start to compare it to a lot of Marvel stuff in a second. I'm not saying it's as good as what Marvel does. But I think that we've gotten maybe too myself included uh too far out in front of ourselves when we talk about how bad Justice League is. Um I watched this, like I said, on the plane just yesterday. And what's funny to me about Justice League is everyone can tell you what sucks about Justice League or everyone can tell you that Justice League sucks, but I haven't seen a lot of people tell me why it sucks, like what sucks about Justice League. Um, I know some of the things that I remember it seeing were that I really hated the way Zack Snyder um, shot Wonder Woman. I thought it was really pervy and gross. And it still is, but there's less of it than I realized that I thought there was because it stuck yeah. out in my mind so much the first time I watched it. There's definitely some shots that don't need to be in there, but it's also, not as much as I had previously thought. That's yeah, one that, thing. that transition shot of coming out of her butthole was still really <laughs> awkward to me. <laughs> uh, and I think, and I don't know how much, it's from what I've heard, it's, it, it's not a lot of Zack Snyder stuff in that movie anyway. So I don't know... I don't know if that maybe was a Joss Whedon thing because he kind of has a weird reputation too. So... so Cody, I I'm trying to remember the film, but I know that for I, I guess I, I don't been. think it I don't think it absolutely sucks, but I just know that it wasn't what I wanted, and I know that there's two things that stand out to me. One of which is that scene at the end where it just keeps cutting back to those people in the house, and then also another one is the uh, where they were like in an underground where water flooded or something, and people just seemingly showed up. I don't know. I in my mind, it's just like everyone just showed up instantly without any like setup. Yeah. So the people in the house at the end, they're like innocent people who just happen to be where the fight is. So they're kind of that, 
you know, like the fucking kids in the in the um, tram car and Spider-Man. They're just like they're like, what's at stake? Right. So that's why they're there. I agree that it seems really disjointed and it's kind of annoying to go back to. But like, I can see why it's there. Um, the uh, the other thing, the the parademons, um, they like come down through the fucking rainbow road straw that Stefan Wolf uses to get around. <laughs> the rainbow road straw. Yeah, they use that and they all show up for the fight. And I think the <laughs> Justice League, like they just showed, they just like walked in. Um, but there are like, is it the dad? Dad. The dad, the dad of Cyborg is like somehow there. Why is he there? I can't remember why he's there. Sounds your argument for this film is slowly falling apart. <gasps> yeah. I, no, he's there for a reason. Like, he's, he, like, works there, wherever he is. I don't know. But the things that I was noticing on this rewatch were, one, there's some pretty cool action spots in this. I think the opening scene with Batman is, like, really cool. Because it's, other than the one really cool fight scene in Batman versus Superman, you don't really get to see a lot of Batmaning in these movies. Um, but in that first scene in Justice League where he's got the one criminal and then he ends up grabbing a parademon. Yep. Um, it, I think that's really cool Batmaning. It, it's like, it's, it's kind of midway between like the really fast, um, versions of Batman and the really like hulky slow versions of him. Like he's kind of hulky, but he's still really agile and he moves quickly. Um, and I thought that the way they did that was like really cool and effective and, and scary in the way that Batman's supposed to be when you first introduce him. Um, so I thought that was really effective. I, I still don't, I don't love flash, but I think that the way they show his powers is really cool. Uh, I thought it was different and creative the way they use the lightning and they, they do, instead of doing a consistent slow-mo where he's, you know, dicking around like the other Quicksilvers do. And instead of having him just zoop in and out of shots all the time, they kind of mix in between in a way that's kind of interesting. I thought that was cool. I liked Aquaman more this time around. I still think he's like a jock bro, but he's fun, you know? I think that the other thing about Justice League that's funny to me is that it's it's Infinity War. It's the same movie. The mother boxes are the Infinity Stones, and he just spends the whole movie walking over them and um, grabbing, up the, grabbing up the gems and um, collects them all, does the thing he wants to do, the only difference is at the end when Superman shows up and beats his ass, they didn't lose like they did in Infinity War, which I don't think that what I don't think that them losing at the end is what makes Infinity War cool. I think it's what makes it memorable in some ways, but I don't think it's what makes it like a good movie. Um, and Justice League is pretty much the same fucking movie. Like you could almost watch them side by side and I could point out to you all the plot uh, plot major plot points and who the characters represent and everything like it's the same. And I, I don't know. I, like I said, I haven't gone back to read enough reviews to understand really specifically why people thought Justice League was shit, but my opinion changed a lot of it on a second watch. And it had been since I saw it in theaters. So almost three years since I'd watched it. And I think it could have also been just because I had a more open mind. Um, I wasn't like, I hadn't been waiting to see it. And I think that's something that I've been guilty of in the past is like, you get really charged up for a movie, you watch it and you hate it. And a lot of that is just because of how much, I don't know, importance or expectation or whatever it is you were putting on it at that time. But 
in general, that's what I have to say is Justice League, I think, is better than people remember. I think people should give it another shot. And I don't think it should get as much shit as it does. And because of that, I'm actually even more excited for the Snyder Cut because if they think they still do have a better movie, it could actually it could be really cool. Um, you know, depending on how much they change and what exactly they keep and do. I think this movie has some really cool footage that could still be repurposed if that's what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a lot of good here that I don't think gets enough love either. So that's that's my whole thing is like Justice League maybe should get just a touch more respect. And again, I'm not saying it's the best movie from any, you know, um, list, but, um, but I enjoyed it on a second rewatch and I would encourage folks to go back and give it another shot. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Well, I know that, um, I didn't report on it, uh, during J buck live this week, but apparently there was an interview of with Zack Snyder about kind of what to expect in the justice league, the, the, his cut or whatever. Um, he says, or, Right now, the runtime, and again, it could be longer, it could be a little bit shorter, but it's 214 minutes, which is three hours and 34 minutes, I believe. Oh, my wasn't, gosh. Wasn't that BVS, too, like with that director? I think cut, the ultimate that? version, yeah, the, the ultimate cut or whatever, I think was about that long, too. Yeah. I guess for, do you, I guess, do you guys, I, I do this thing, when it's a director's cut, I just don't care how long it is. I'm like, oh, it's going to be forever because directors don't cut anything. Do you mm-hmm. guys have that same thing that goes off in your head when you know it's a director's cut? I think so. Again, I don't know of many director's cuts I've actually watched. I know that there was the one that came out recently of Midsommar. Um, I just never am going to watch that movie again, but I know that, <laughs> that one is a very long film. Um, yeah, I, I think it's because they, it's what they wanted. And again, you know, business, money, all of that crap when it comes into it. I, I think I almost sometimes give those ones a pass because has there been any that have been absolutely just completely unwatchable? I don't, um, I don't know about that. I, I guess, I mean, I've only watched director's cuts that I've wanted to watch. So. Yeah. Yeah. See. <laughs> like I'm not, I'm not seeking out, um, you know, bad yeah. movies or anything, but, um, I mean, I think the only ones that I, I can remember, are like we watched the apparently the 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 best blade runner cut before we saw blade runner 2049 yeah i don't watch a lot of director's cuts but i'll watch like i thought about watching the midsummer one uh it's got like that's like an extra half hour um uh the rocky four director's cut when that comes out oh yeah yeah that one but yeah not not a ton of directors and then i'll watch justice league obviously but yeah i mean justice league as a movie for me it's it's fine I, i didn't hate it um it's like above definitely above bvs Definitely above Suicide Squad. Definitely above, I think Aquaman. I'm not. I just don't like that movie. <laughs> I like Aquaman. I think. I think you'd enjoy. I think you could potentially enjoy Aquaman more this time if you saw it again. Um, and I'm not gonna just become a whole DCEU apologist because yeah. I do think I do think that they could have done a lot better with those movies. But I don't. You're, I guess I'm not holding them not holding them to the same expectation and standards as I do in the MCU. Maybe that's what I'm doing. You're going to become a, a hipster now and, and say DC over Marvel. Well, I'm not going to do that unless DC can somehow dig up something more interesting to me than Shang-Chi. Uh, because I <laughs> will probably end up saying a hundred more times, I don't fucking care about Shang-Chi. I don't care to see his movie. But what um, about the Ten Rings? Oh, yeah, the Ten Rings, yeah. That's 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 funny to me too because now they think they can retcon the stupidest thing about Iron Man three, um, by uh, by actually giving us a Mandarin and you know whatever, but I don't know. I guess my my point is just that the DC uh, universe has like so many more 
heroes that are cool and interesting and stories to explore. And the MCU is already having to scratch the barrel for like Shang-Chi. And maybe Shang-Chi is not the example I want to use because I, people are probably going to think that I'm being racist. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> but it, it, you know, it's just a minor character. You know, I, 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 I said the same thing about guardians back in the day and I, yeah. many would say, and you were proven wrong by guardians. I disagree, but, um, I don't know. I guess Marvel seems to be losing its best properties and having to go to the back pocket. And I think DCU still has a chance to give us some of the really great stories from the really great heroes. Um, so I do think they're positioned nicely to have some success, but I'm not going to, you know, the, what's gone on before now, before today, obviously Marvel blows them out of the water. I don't want to confuse that at all. I don't know, man. Morbius is coming. Morbius. Hey Spider-Man! Hey Spider-Man! I'm a Spider-Man. vampire. I'm the living vampire. I'm Morbius. <laughs> blah. 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 Spider-Man. Blah. blah. Ooh, I'm a vampire. Blah. That was an exclusive clip from Morbius. <laughs> uh, coming out in 2026. Um, so that's all I wanted to say. I appreciate you guys giving me the room for Justice League conversation because I was watching that movie the whole time on the plane yesterday, and I was like. This doesn't suck at all. I'm liking this. So I wanted the world to know that I, I like Justice League. There, I said it. Uh, what else do we have to talk about? Nothing. There is no news. <laughs> There's no news this week. Honestly, like the only thing that we saw in the news this week is that none of our favorite movies are coming out. Ever. Um, we saw Tenet get pushed back again. Uh, there is some intriguing sort of, uh, well, intriguing intrigue uh, around the new mutants, which we talked about, uh, Jared covered on, J Buck Live this week, so you're gonna want to go check that out over on the YouTubes at Jared Buckendall. Um, but essentially, tomorrow, well, the day this podcast drops, uh, there's also a New Mutants panel at <clears throat> Comic Con Online, which you can watch at home now. And um, the rumor is that there could be an announcement of a new release date or an immediate drop uh, of New Mutants to watch at home. Or there may be an announcement that it's going to Disney Plus. So we should know more about the future of New Mutants, which we've been keeping a close eye on um, by the time next week's show rolls around. So make sure you come back for that. But other than those few things, not a lot of news this week. So what we had to do was call in the big guns, <gasps> and uh, we had to get we had to get the uh, the great Seth to uh, bring us some gameage. So we're gonna jump into that. <laughs> bringing back a game we haven't played in a while this one's called the soco second draft and my most creative sounder ever leads us into the second draft <laughs> segment so this this if you guys don't remember is mad libs um but with uh, plot synopses for movies so <gasps> seth has found a movie and he has gutted it and we will be replacing the synopsis with our ad lib crazy words uh, based on what Seth asks us for. And then he's going to read us the uh, second draft of the synopsis. And then based on that, Jared and I are going to need to figure out what the original movie was. So that's the game. Seth, what have you, uh, what have you got for us this week? I guess you need to ask us for some words. Give me some words, please. Um, okay. <laughs> okay. Um... <laughs> I'll go ahead and do it like we did last time. I got six six words to fill, and since there's two of you, you'll each get four. Um, Great. That checks out. <laughs> uh, Cody, go ahead and give me an adjective that would describe a person. Handsome. 
Jared, give me an occupation or a title. Gym teacher. <laughs> All right, I'll do the plural gym teachers. <laughs> I need Cody. Cody! Uh-huh. <laughs> I need a villain, like a bad person. A bad type of person or like Darth Vader? <laughs> yeah, like a, yeah, like a known villain. Can be Darth Vader, Hitler, anything. Okay, let's go ahead with Darth Vader. Darth Vader. <laughs> a real one or Darth Vader? <laughs> uh, do you mean like, you know, Mitch McConnell or, or Darth Vader? What kind of villain said, are you? You could have said Mitch McConnell. <laughs> that would have been really funny, actually. Should we, Jared, do you think we should go with Mitch McConnell? Or yeah, let's switch Darth it out. Vader? Okay, let's go with Mitch McConnell. <laughs> Did you just snore? <laughs> yeah. Okay, so for this fourth one, Jared, I will need... Um, I need a noun, um, but be it like a have it be like something that's that's living. Hmm, a noun that's living. Oh God, I don't know. I'm like plants. Yeah, that works. Okay, plants. Very generic. What do you get when you put pre-workout uh, in the soil for your ficus? What? What? A power plant. <laughs> God. Um. <laughs> Cody, I need I need an action from you. Shag. All right, so I'll change it to shagging. Shagging. And finally, Jared, I need another noun. Okay, pop tarts. Yeah. (laughs) Which uh, spoiler? I used that joke in my latest ending. Explain poorly. (laughs) Nice. Okay, this is going to be really weird. Um, so bear... It sounds like we're about to hear about how Mitch McConnell shagged a bunch of gym teachers. <laughs> While eating Pop-Tarts. All right. <laughs> yeah, this will be interesting. All right, so here we go. The synopsis. Um, Earth's handsomest gym teachers must come together and learn to fight as as a team if they are going to stop the mischievous Mitch McConnell and his plant ar- army. From shagging pop tarts. <laughs> away from those pop tarts, sir. Wow, that is a uh... read it again. Earth, Earth's handsomest gym teachers must come together and learn to fight as a team if they are going to stop the mischievous Mitch McConnell and his plant army from shagging pop tarts. I mean, that's pretty good. I'd watch that movie, I think. Yeah, yeah. Man, the plant um, army, I like that. Yeah, a bunch of fucking, uh, what do you call the ones that a fly, uh, Venus flytrap, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I almost go. asked. I almost asked what you call the plant that, <laughs> that traps flies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, <laughs> hey, what's that plant that eats flies? Yeah. You know, they trap them. I think it's from Venus. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> What if what if we found out they were from? Sorry, that's so, that's a whole. Are you guys thing. gonna guess the movie? Yeah, what's the movie, Jared? What do you think? Well, I, for some I reason, can't even fathom what this. I'm thinking is the Earth's mightiest heroes have to come together. Uh-huh. That's what I'm thinking. But then I'm like, okay, well, it could be anything. I I think you're right. I think it is Earth's mightiest heroes, and I yeah. think we're talking about Avengers, Seth. Correct. Ooh, nice. Yeah. For three for the win. Yes. LeBron James at the buzzer. We did it. We beat the system. 
That was a pretty good one, Seth. That was nicely done. Uh, it would have been funny because you picked that before we did we did anything on the show today, and you yeah. didn't know I was going to talk about Justice League. So it would have been pretty funny if you had somehow ended up with that uh, as the movie you were doing a synopsis for. For for <laughs> a second, I thought that's what what it was. Twenty um, twelve's Avengers was the answer to this week's. This is a fun one. Good one to bring back. Uh, once again, it's the SoCo second draft. Booyah. Let's hear that one one more time. It's just funky. Wow. It's funky, huh? You going out to the club ready to hear that? You know That's what? I think, we can up, I think we can up jump the boogie on this one. Um, <laughs> 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 Let me try something here. That's yeah, better. I liked it. I liked yeah. it. Considerably more funky. Wow. Great stuff this week. Um, if you're listening at home, you might be thinking, these guys don't have much to say this week, and they're trying to fill out a bunch of time, and you'd be right. Um, but uh, <laughs> rather than continue to stall, we'll keep it rolling forward here. And uh, we've got some things to review in the TV corner. Television! Down on the corner. Nobody puts baby in the corner. Alrighty, here we got three reviews here in the TV corner. Uh, Seth, why don't we start with you? Um, because this is a show that I know you were a big fan of during its original run, and they just came back together for uh, a surprise new episode. Yes, uh, Thirty Rock um, did a, a reunion, uh, a reunion episode, um, which they aired on NBC and then has been kind of all over streaming, but. Um, it's a and it's a Thirty Rock reunion special, and basically it's a it's an hour long thing where they uh, basically just use it to sell the Peacock streaming service uh, that they got going on. Um, they they do bring everyone back, and they do a nice job of filming it. It's it's actually filmed a lot better than like the Parks and Rec one was. It was definitely all in like their own homes and things, but they were able to. Um, I think get like a the director at least there at the on site, and they had like a couple decent cameras, so they were able to film it and make it look like like an actual you know show being shot, and not just all on Skype or whatever. So that was kind of nice, and I you know hopefully that's something they think about too, maybe with upcoming shows. Um, you know, if it, something like maybe the Goldbergs, they could do some stuff at home. Um, probably not at their own homes because it's the '80s, but they can maybe get one or two people on the set and do stuff like that. Or it's not, you know, not as big of a risk. So, you know, ho- hopefully um, they figure out ways around some of this stuff and 30 Rock can be a way to to move that forward. But in terms of the the show, um, the, the special, there's some funny stuff. The writing was still really good because they brought everyone back for that. Um, but it, it was, you know, again, just a, a vehicle to sell the, the Peacock service. Um, they were able to get a lot of celebrities and stuff on because of that. Um, they had, like, The Rock and... Um, like just a ton of people who do have NBC shows. So that was kind of, that was kind of fun to have everyone, everyone there for that. But, um, I guess if you're a 30 rock completionist and need to watch it all, or just are missing a little bit of the humor, definitely, uh, check it out. But otherwise it's, it's a, yeah, it's just a tool. <laughs> Basically is all it was. I mean, other than it just being like something to watch, like, do you, do you hope more shows actually do do something like this? Like, are you hoping the Goldbergs put something out like this or, if it was like a Scrubs or How I Met Your Mother or a Friends or something like, are you wishing for more of this or is it just like, ah, eh, if it comes, I'll watch it. Yeah, I mean, I'll I'll, I'll check it out, but it's not something anything I'm really 
super excited for. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I definitely like some more reunions to happen if they could get everyone in, you know, the room, like once the pandemic's over. But, um, yeah, I don't really care about the, the whole Zoom stuff. Um, but yeah, I'm, what I mean with the Goldbergs is Goldbergs is still on. They got another season to go. To go. Right. Um, but, like, just thinking about their upcoming um, season, just, like, in general, figuring out a way to do, like, smaller stories and, and maybe only have one or two actors there at a time and and stuff like that because that's kind of what they did with with this 30 rock thing um i only had a few people in the room and it it looked i mean it looked just as good as the show ever did so and i think they only filmed that on like an iphone camera maybe one other camera and kind of had a you know small sound system up and everything like that so um you know maybe they can do something like that for for the upcoming shows like sitcoms where it is only you know normally just a couple people in a room and um they can they can kind of work around it you know, that type of thing. I like that. I think that is cool. And I think that's what they're going to have, especially in sitcoms. I think that's what they're going to have to do if they want to keep them running. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're certainly going to see, you know, some of that ingenuity. I'm wondering if we're going to see a lot of the same techniques that they used in uh, the really crappy late seasons of Arrested Development when none of those actors were in the same place. <laughs> yeah. They used a lot of green screen. That was pretty bad. Yeah. Jared, have you caught any of these reunion specials? Did you watch the Park, Parks and Rec one or this? What are you thinking of these so yeah, far? Yeah, I I watched the Parks ugh, I watched the Parks and Rec one because that one was like you know the dead of like ah uh, everything the world's on fire so that was a nice like complete distraction from life and it just felt fun to get back to those characters. Aside from that, I don't think there's been any other ones that have really checked out. I know that they did kind of a, it wasn't really a reunion, but it was more of just a table read of Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I, I mean, it's, it's you know, it's it's content for this time and fun to see all of them kind of come back and what they look like and, you know, kind of reprising roles and whatnot. Yeah, I think, so Scott Pilgrim is one I, I still may check out, but these for me are like, like, I watched the Big Mouth table read that they did, like, right near the beginning of quarantine, and I watched it because there was nothing out. I was bored. Like, <laughs> so it's it's going to take, like, some serious boredom for me to, I think, go watch these these kind of things. Um, and frankly, I've just got other stuff to watch. So, I, I don't know. These these aren't for me. Um, and I, you know, I never watched 30 Rock, but, um, or I might, might be singing a different tune uh, as it relates to this one. But um, I am glad that you were able to see the quality in it because that might mean something replicable for some of these other sitcoms that are hoping to continue to run during all this. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see how that goes. And uh, second week, second straight week, second straight Peacock mention. Uh, for the folks who haven't gotten Peacock yet, it's free. So I don't know what you're fucking doing. But uh, it's a really cool app, really cool design. They've got some features on there you're not used to seeing um, on some of the other streaming services. So check out Peacock. They're not a sponsor, but um, we like them. So go get that app for free if you can. I'm going to switch gears here and review a show. So this is a show um, that was introduced to me actually by my girlfriend. Um, and it's called Wyatt Cinex Problet, sorry, Problem Areas. The essential um, idea of the show is that it's, it's kind of like a John Oliver, Hasa Minaj uh, daily show where... It's informative. They're trying to teach you things uh, and teach you the truth behind certain things. But then it's like stylized and, and then a lot of it's like played for comedy. Um, so it's that, but it's a, it's a mature version of that. I would say it's closer to last week tonight than anything else, but it's not in front of a studio audience. So I don't know. It has a little bit more of an air of, uh, I don't know, gravitas to it. Um, Wyatt Sinek, who's the host, 
is really cool and just really smart. And the way that he breaks things down, he and, of course, the writers, uh, the way that they break things down is really interesting. They they talk about several different kind of uh, issues over the course of the season, and there's kind of two halves of the show. In the beginning half of the show, uh, in each episode, they'll talk about a couple of kind of seemingly random topics. And then on the in the second half of the show, they talk about uh, law enforcement and uh, issues therein and potential for reform and, you know, issues that have been on a, a lot of our minds since since June. And um, that was really interesting to me because the show actually came out a couple of years ago. It's not a new show. But a lot of what you're going to see and hear on it, especially the law enforcement bits, um, are really going to seem like they're right now. So it's incredibly topical. And if you're looking for some more, um, you know, really informative, really like, uh, way really informative and fun ways to bulk up on your woke knowledge. Uh, this is a great place to go. Like I, I was, uh, endlessly intrigued. I was always learning. I was always laughing, um, along with the show. So if you're into that type of show, if some of those other ones I mentioned, uh, are ones you've enjoyed, definitely check out problem areas. Again, this is on HBO. Um, and so, you know, if, if you like that type of show or if you want to dive into, you know, police reform stuff or, um, you know, for whatever reason, uh, it's out there. It's nine episodes. They're about a half an hour piece. So it's quick, pretty quick burn. Uh, if you just want to throw those on or, you know, watch a couple at a time. So high recommend, high recommend for folks. Uh, if, if you're interested in that area, uh, problem areas on HBO. Yeah. I'm just looking up pictures of it because I'm, I'm, I didn't know, I wasn't aware of this guy, but it looks like it's honestly like this, this would be something that I think a lot of um, adult people should probably watch. Oh, definitely. Yeah. There's a lot of um, the the segments that aren't about law enforcement. A lot of them are uh, things that every adult probably should know, but none of us do. You know, um, I can't I can't think of a specific example. Like food. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, there's I think a small section about how um, I think it has to do with farming and the amount of animals that we use for food. Um, but there's there you know there's little segments like that where there's a, a short um, a short but deep dive into some specific issue that as adults, we should probably like be aware of at least. And then, you know, halfway through every episode, they turn to, to the police and they've got a specific, each episode has a specific thing about the police that they want to talk about. Um, but yeah, I think, I don't know if, I don't know if I know if I necessarily say it's like must watch for all adults, but I think that every adult can certainly learn something from it. So I would definitely, definitely recommend. And it, you know, it's fun. Like I said, mm-hmm. anytime, I think shows like that, their job is to sugarcoat uh, their information. And do I think it's healthy that Americans need that? No, it's kind of sad, but uh, we do. And so this is a show that does it well. It makes it very digestible uh, for you to, to actually learn a lot. So it's, you know, it's as good as any of those others in that regard, I think. I am not at all familiar with this third show because, Jared, this is something you watched. Uh, I'm assuming this is on Netflix, but I know nothing about this show. You're going to have to tell me all of it. <laughs> yes. Assuming. Assuming it's a Netflix thing. Um, yeah, luckily, you know, not one of those foreign obscure ones that I'm usually jumping on. Uh, those, have, those have been a slow trickle lately. But this one is called Fear City, New York versus the Mafia or the Mob, I believe. I think it was Mafia. Um, so this is a quick limited series. I think it's three episodes. Each episode is about 45 to 50 minutes. And essentially, it just follows New York City, the mafia families that ran that at that time. Like, through the 70s and 80s, essentially, New York City was, or the early 70s, 
New York City was just complete trash. Like, what they kind of portrayed in The Joker is kind of how New York City was. It was a complete shit show. Then they showed how, due to that, the mafia was able to kind of use their grasp, their money, their power, and everything to really take over the city. Like, you find out that they have their hands in the labor unions, the clothing unions, the uh, cement factories or whatever. So, like, every building that is going up, they are making billion, millions upon billions of dollars. And then, like, it gets the first-hand accounts of people that were in the mafia that w then went to prison and whatnot and now are out, but also the FBI and um, Rudy Giuliani and a few other people that were kind of instrumental at that time of taking these uh, five, essentially, mafia families down. And it's cool because they, they frame it in such a way that it's, um, it's kind of like almost a video game in my mind because it's like okay you have the soldier who reports to the boss who reports to like the king boss who reports to the mafia person and back then they were trying to take down like the lower level people to get to the quote unquote boss but then they passed these laws where if everyone is conspiring with a crime it takes the whole case down so it's like okay let's take this guy down because he's all business and we know that he's money laundering so they get one of the young like you know lower level cronies question him he rats everyone out and that's kind of the laws that were passed at that time that people now use in those situations you know moving forward so it's very uh educational in that point of view of how new york essentially is what New York is with the skyline and everything because of the mafia. I mean, there is a silver lining that comes out of it, but also getting the firsthand accounts of people that were working for the CIA or FBI at that time and how they were like, oh yeah, I uh, we interfered with uh, their their television, so there was static. They called someone. We intercepted the call. I dressed up and put a fake mustache on, and I essentially went into this mafia house to plant bugs. And I'm like, that oh, is, shit. like, the most ballsy thing. And the guy's just laughing it off like, yeah, just another day at work. And I'm like, you could have been killed. <laughs> um, and not only that, you know, like documentaries, they usually just sit them down in a chair and talk. Like, I liked this because they kind of put them in their element. Like, some of the mafia people, they're like – in gyms that they own and they're just like working out in the ring and then they're talking to him there or a guy talking to someone in just his car because he was the like lookout or the scout or someone that's talking to him in like a shady nightclub because he was a mafia person obviously did his time and stuff but he's still you know probably running some underground stuff so i i really liked the style that they put on this and it's very interesting um I got to make a joke about myself in the review. I must have loved the word fascinating because I said it 11 <laughs> times in a six minute video. Really? So I'm going to, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, why the hell did I do that? So I'm going to say that this is just a very fascinating limited series of kind of how a city can transform into what you like, can get some good out of it, even though complete like bad things were going on. Like, you know, just. People were dying, drugs, money, laundering. They even touch on uh, John Gotti a little bit in this as well. So there might be some familiar familiar stuff for people that aren't really aware of the inner workings of everything, but I really enjoyed this. Huh. This sounds dope. I think that rule about where you can take them all down at once and um, get them all for conspiracy, mm -hmm. isn't, that the, isn't that what they do in The Dark Knight? Harvey Dent think, does that? I think so, don't they? And they're like, how does the defendant plea and all of them start fucking screaming? Isn't that like how, how they introduce Harvey as like the cool 
guy Seth, do you know you've probably seen that movie the most um uh, I, I don't know it's not coming to mind yeah i mean in I theory that's, right. that's kind of how it works yeah that wouldn't surprise me if if they if for dark knight they said oh let's look at these badasses and how they cleaned it up in new york because it's essentially what he's trying to do in the dark knight is uh mm-hmm. get the families out of there that is really interesting i it took i was well into my adulthood before i learned anything about how fucking crappy new york city was oh for yeah a me too time. <laughs> And uh, this is I, this is cool. This sounds interesting to me, and especially hearing that it's it's a pretty tight, you know, under three hours. Um, I like the sound of that for sure. Toy. Mm-hmm. Is it? Do they? I guess I'm thinking of like a don't fuck with cats, which was a similar length. Um, and the thing, one of the things I didn't like about that one was they really like heavily dramatized everything, and it was like, mm-hmm. you know, it almost felt like it. It wasn't even really a documentary. It just felt like you know, a suspense type. Like, do they really ham it up with the dramatics and the music and everything? Or does, is it, is it brought to you as here are the facts or is it really trying to entertain or is it somewhere in the happy middle, in the happy middle? Happy middle. I, f- I think that, um, I'm trying to scrub the, uh, trailer quick because yeah, from the producers of don't fuck with cats. So it's the producers really? of that one. Yeah. Um, so I wouldn't say they entirely ham it up. They do make it entertaining, you know, like, don't fuck mm. with cats. When Seth, you had told us about that or whoever it was, that was a movie. Like that was mm-hmm. so outlandish that I couldn't mm-hmm. believe it was true. Um, this one is like it teeters on making it entertaining and exciting because it's taking care and kind of, you know, matching the people with their personalities. And another cool thing that I didn't mention was, you know, they're interviewing these people today or, you know, a couple years ago, they do a side by side of who they are today. And then like a picture from the seventies or eighties when they were working. So it's kind of cool to see how like they've aged or who they were at that time, just to kind of be like, Oh, well that guy was like super fit. Or like that guy was definitely like a mafia guy. Like he's, he's got grease in his hair and he's probably killed like three people. Like (laughs) I liked that, man, Hmm. that is wild. This sounds cool. This is uh, Fear City. Uh, what, say the subtitle again. Fear City, uh, New York versus the Mafia, I believe. New York. Hey, New York. New York. You mess with one of us, you mess with all of us. <laughs> swing the cranes over. Hey, swing it. <laughs> uh, Fear City is has just dropped, is available now on Netflix. So head over and check that one out if you want, want to see some true crime. Uh, let's see. So we had some true crime, we had problem areas, and we had 30 Rock's new special. This week in the TV corner. Television! Down on the corner. Nobody puts baby in the corner. All right, folks. Well, we are going to go back now to a game that we played for the first time last week. Uh, we, we still don't have a name for it. Costs um, of Cameo. I don't know. Costs of ca- Cameo Costs? Cameo Costs, sure, something like that. Cameo Costs. There we go. Cameo Costs. Uh, and for now, I guess we'll use this one. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. Here comes the money. That All actually right. works. We can just Yeah, that going. really does. Let's change <laughs> it. Let's change it. And again, I have no creative vision on this podcast. I'm just a guest. Uh cash cameo. Cash cameos. Okay. Okay, you cash can say cameos. it was bad. Boom. So the game is cash cameos. And the, oh, the, you the, can say it was bad. <laughs> the way to play it is um Seth is go- well, Jared and I are going to try to guess first. We're going to try to guess people that are on cameo. And so and I then, have, and I have an, an, an addendum to that rule. Um, oh, addendum. With, with Damn, killed him. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> so, uh, there's categories on cameo. Um, cam- wow. I just, blah, 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 blah. um, 
on the uh, Cameo website. Um, sports, music, reality TV, Netflix and TV, creators, and hits. And so, obviously, sports would be like athletes. Um, music would be um, artists. Um, reality TV is like any, you know, Big Brother, Survivor, all that stuff. Uh, Real Housewives. Netflix and TV includes TV and movies. Um, creators would be like um, YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, people like that. And then hits would be like any famous person. Um, so it could be like internet famous, um, like you're, I don't know, like people got like famous maybe through a joke. Um, Jared from Subway, like commercial guy like that. Um, I think he's in prison though. Yeah, he definitely is. <laughs> but, um, and so p- basically um, pick anyone from, well, pick, choose a category. So like, you, you know, you agree upon what, what category you want and then guess someone from inside there that might help narrow it a little bit. Hmm. Okay. Jared, you go first. I got to think. All right. So I get to pick a category. Yeah. Um, let's go with the uh, internet or YouTube or whatever. So like creators? Yeah. Like YouTubers? Yep. Okay. And who do you have for a guess? Um, well, this this one might be cheating, but is Christian Harloff on there? He is. Okay. Oh, there we go. We got Harloff. So then we both together have to guess. Yeah. You or both whoever's guess. closest. Yeah. Whoever's closest to the price of that. Okay. So for for those who don't know Christian Harloff, he's a uh, he's a guy who runs the Schmodown that uh, we we like. Um, funny guy, and uh, he does and he does cameo. Um, what he says for his his description, I forgot to do that part. Um, chairman of movie trivia Schmodown, running the Schmodown Patreon and the website. So, just describe who he is. Five stars. I, I am gonna say twenty five dollars. Twenty five dollars. Jerry yeah. has twenty five. Cody, what do you got? I'm gonna come in at sixty dollars. Sixty dollars. It's probably fifty. Drum roll, please. And your winner, Jared <laughs> Buckendall. Really? It's fifteen dollars. Oh, that's it? Yeah. Is that all? Yep. Huh. Man, I'm gonna get him to do a cameo for my uh, channel. There you go. All right. Cody, pick a category. Who else? Um, let's see here. What category would you like? Music. Music? And who would you like to guess within music? Lil Nas X. Lil? <laughs> How do you spell the Nas? N-A-S? N-A-S. He's got to be on there. Lil Nas X is not. What? Oh, man, that shocks me. What about DJ Khaled? No DJ Khaled. Man, there's no musicians on here. Um, Shania Twain. That's what you gotta play after we guess, and it's too low. No, Shania Twain, you're bad. No, Shania. Gosh, I it's it's really hard for me to. I don't understand what tier of celebrity is on is on this fucking (laughs) platform. Um, Billy Ray Cyrus. He's not on there. He's not fucking on there. What musician is on there? (laughs) Fucking you, pick one for me. What Bjork? I don't know. B-J-R-O-K-R-B-J-R-O-R-K. Oh my god. No, there's no Bjork. No is Bjork. There, is there anyone from Jersey Shore on there? Well, that's not music. Oh, yeah, okay, okay, never mind. Well, never mind, apparently never mind. no one, no musician is actually on this fucking website. So let can we go to Reality Stars? And, and I want to know about Mike the Situation. Okay. Mike the Situation is on Cameo. Okay. 
See, I, I, I needed, I, I hadn't calibrated my thirst sensors for the type of people that are on Cameo. Now, I, yeah. now I'm, now I'm getting a, a little bit of a better indicator. All right. Um, While you're thinking of your prices here, I'll go ahead and give the description. MTV Jersey Shore. Um, he says um, at for it's like a email address for his um, inquiries, says for all inquiries, and then shop at the Sitch Store YouTube channel. The situations, no ads, sponsorship. Thank you. Corporation shoutouts are an additional fee. Mm. He has forty-three reviews with four point nine stars. Situations getting out some pretty good, uh, pretty good cameos. I'm willing to bet. See, this is one. I bet you he prices himself higher than he's worth. So I bet his is like, I bet his is like two hundred and twenty. Two twenty, Jared. Ah, <sighs> yeah, yeah. I think that he probably thinks that his net worth is more than, than, than it is. I don't know. I feel like round numbers usually work, but then again, wasn't that one jet ski man like seventy nine dollars? I'm just gonna go with an even, ooh, even three hundred. All right, drum roll, please. <laughs> <laughs> Only if you say please that way again. <laughs> please. <laughs> One of you got it perfect. Can I get another drum roll? Oh, please. <laughs> Jared. Woo. Ah, you fucker. I never, you're right. It, it, does it only go in multiples of 25 and I just haven't realized the pattern no. yet? <laughs> There's people who have it like at 269 and 169 and stuff like, a lot of 69s. I bet, yeah. Uh, nice. Surprise, surprise. I nice. actually created this app, guys. <laughs> You'd be fucking <laughs> super rich. All right. Yeah, let's do one more. Things. This is worth all the marbles. Okay. Oh, it doesn't matter that um, I've lost both. Is is Uncle Cracker on there? <laughs> the whole band? Oh, wait. That, yeah, that's just not one dude, is it? And our, wait, we really? Have to choose, we have to choose the, the category. Oh, okay. I thought Uncle Cracker was a guy. Sports, <laughs> music, reality TV, Netflix and TV, creators, and hits. Let's let's get an actor or actress in there. All right. Who are we guessing? See, the thing is, this is such a tier of celebrity that I hate to say it, that, like, I just don't know. <laughs> like, not to be, you know, rude or anything, but it's just, yeah. They're like pockets. Um, they're like pocket. A lot of them have, like, pocket fandoms that you don't realize, but there's actually a bunch of people that like them a lot. We're sure Shania Twain doesn't. <laughs> yes. That don't impress me. <laughs> what about Dear is Machete from Spy Kids? Danny Trejo. Yeah, Danny Trejo is he on there? He's got to be on there. Trejo Danny Trejo is on cameo. Oh, nice. Yeah. All right, we got one. How much is Danny Trejo? This is a good one. Give me your guesses, please. So, so the situation was um, three hundred dollars. So the here's, I'll give it. Yeah. You can think about it while I give the description. Actor, Breaking Bad, Machete. And it says, please get your Father's Day requests in by 6 p.m. PST on 619 to guarantee they will be delivered on time. Joining just in time for Father's Day. Cannot wait to connect with you all. I, I want to say, say that he's pretty lenient. He's a very good guy. I think his is probably like $59. 59 Yeah. I, I think that he's letting people slide. 
I I think so. I think that's I think that's too far of a slide though. I'm gonna say it's more like I'm gonna say it's more like 150. 150. What was yours, Jared? Uh, what did I say? 59. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 69. Drum roll. <laughs> <laughs> Drum roll, please. <laughs> And with his first victory, Cody yeah, Michael. Buddy. For three for the win. Yes! LeBron James at the buzzer! I was just trying to keep it interesting. I was what like, was it, 100? 99? 125. Wow, 125. That's yeah. a good guess. That's about right for Danny Trejo, I think. That was a good one. Um, well, since you beat me, the tw- I, know the, I know the last one was worth extra points, but I think this should be declared a tie. And Jared, as as my co tire, uh, I think I think that you get a fucking cookie and a star. I think that's fair. <laughs> nice, know? thank you. Yeah, yeah. Um, Jared does love cookies. <laughs> I have been we eating need- them while we've been talking. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Well, uh, the what what do we cash cameo? Cash cameo was back, and uh, and what a ra- What's the word I'm looking for? What's what a rousing round of it. Uh, we were able to enjoy this week. We'll bring this one back later, but for now, uh, it's a hot tie between Jared and I. Uh, there's a rhyme for you. Boom. I do that all the time for you. Uh-oh. I'm out of here. <laughs> Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. Here comes the money. Let's bring a little bit of focus back to the show here and jump into our next segment. This is We Missed the Boat. Oh! I'm on a boat, and You're going to need a bigger boat. All right, guys, it was my week for We Missed the Boat, so I had to catch a film from the list provided to me um, by Seth. And so uh, from my list of homework items, I chose one that was rather enjoyable uh, last night. I sat down and watched Hugh Jackman in The Front Runner. Um, This one was uh, Jason Reitman, who I had previously really enjoyed. Um, He had done, was it Tully, Seth? Do I have that right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, so I liked Reitman's style a lot. And so Seth, uh, Seth put this one on the list. I really liked the front runner. I thought it was really cool. So this is the story of Gary Hart. Uh, it's a true story who in 1988 was the leading candidate for some amount of time, uh, for president. And as the real life story goes, he, uh, became embroiled in a, in a, I don't know, a, an affair, uh, that was like, tabloid news he was one of the first like big tabloid uh political figures and gary's personal stance was such that he wasn't gonna play the tabloid game he didn't want to do the personal attacks he didn't want to do um you know what's he gonna you know the the per- the things about his personal life he, he didn't want those to be part of what was discussed he just wanted to stick to the issues and because of that uh he kind of paid dearly for it because other candidates and we've seen this happen since then, and of course we see it now today. Uh, other other candidates are willing to stoop to those levels and go like to personal attacks and and different things um, to win, and he never was. So it was interesting because um, he was such like a man of principle. He almost seems villainous in this movie at certain at certain points, um, and at other times he feels like really virtuous. So I think depending on where you are in the political spectrum, uh, you might like or hate. Hugh Jackman's character in this, Gary Hart, but he does a wonderful job of portraying him. It's interesting what Jackman does to 
be like a normal guy, right? So they'll, they'll change his hair a little bit so he doesn't look so, uh, you know, Hollywood and they'll give him some eye bags or something. And uh, he, 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 he gets into a more accessible version of himself really easily, which I thought was cool. Um, he didn't seem like Wolverine in this, which was nice. Uh, he really disappears into this. The other thing I thought was interesting is that even though he's he's really cool and compelling and good in that lead role, the movie doesn't, it's not really only about him. It's about the whole staff around him. So uh, J.K. Simmons is in the supporting cast. Um, I'm going to struggle to think of some more because um, I don't have the list in front of me. But there's there's a really good supporting cast here of his campaign team, the... Um, the newspaper folks who break the story of the affair um, and kind of everyone in between are really well cast. And it, it, it's a movie that doesn't really care to like get way up close to Gary Hart and get his perspective on all of this and like understand his struggle. It's more of just like reporting what happened. And, and Jackman and Hart are the most prominent figure here. But it, it's almost to me like watching a reenactment of what was going on. I thought that the way, I think the way they position the audience in here is interesting because they they put you, I think, at a distance that allows you to really have a disconnectedness from the people at the center of the story, and it allows you to draw your own conclusions in a way that is cool. Um, I rec- my last we missed the boat was about Richard Jewell. and one of the things I said is they put you really close to Richard Jewell, and you you were on his side. And I'm not saying that's not the, the side you should be on, but the movie tells you what to think. Uh, this movie, I think, does a little bit better job of standing back a little bit and letting, letting you draw your own conclusions and, and your own opinions about what goes on here. It really just tells you what happened and what kind of guy Gary is rather than trying to get you to think one way or the other about him. And I thought that was really cool. There's some super snappy dialogue in here. Reitman's always seemed to have done that well. Um, some really good, you know, you see this all the time in political, uh, shows, a lot of good, like roasts and burns of, of fellow people, a lot of backstabbery and a lot of, uh, uh, just general tomfoolery. Tomfoolery is abound in this. <laughs> uh, there's a lot going on, but I think if, if you're out there looking for, and I love this kind of movie, I, I, I certainly have grown into loving, uh, a movie that's about sort of political intrigue and, uh, and you know, whether it's true or not, but the, the, the balance between the politicians and then the media and what goes on behind the scenes. That's all really fascinating to me. And this was a great way, I think, to just get some of that kind of raw. Um, they don't really dress this up. They don't really try to go over the top and impress you with any big lilting monologues or anything or any sweeping crane shots to show off. It just is a really matter of fact kind of movie. And I appreciated it. Uh, it's not long. It's like an hour 45, hour 50 yeah, Jackman and the whole cast was good, and I thought Reitman did a perfect job, especially in a politically charged movie, of of setting you away from it so that you could draw your own conclusions. That, I think, was the biggest thing for me. So I really, really dug this, and uh, if you have anything similar to it, I would love uh, to watch more because this is the kind of shit that, uh, that I've gotten really into, especially, you know, as I've, as I've grown into actually caring about politics. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah, I'm glad you liked it. I saw it... I saw it um... It was just playing at a random theater here, the Collins Road, the smaller theater, and just caught it because I saw Jason Reitman and stuff, and I enjoyed it quite a bit, too. Um, so, yes, uh, replacing that with something similar. Um, a movie from actually from earlier this year, and I I can't remember if you saw it. Did you see Bad Education? I didn't, but does okay. it also have Hugh Jackman in it? It does. Right. And it's, and it, it's Hugh okay. Jackman. Very similar characters. 
Um, not very, I guess there, there's, you can see, I guess you can see how Jackman played this character from Gary Hart a bit. Bad Education. I really like this one a lot. So yeah, I'll put that on your list. Yeah, I'll probably get to this one soon uh, because I've had it kind of earmarked already. And especially now having seen Hugh Jackman, I'm like really ready to see him again. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think Allison Janney might have been in that one and I really yep. like her. Um, so yeah, this is one I am excited. And last I checked, it was on HBO. Was it an original yep. HBO movie? Yeah, it was yep. exclusive to theirs. Yeah, that's cool. So it'll be accessible. Nice. Um, so bad education. You just made the list! And so I'll be back in a, in a few weeks um, to review either that or one of my other four movies. And next week, it's going to be Seth's turn. So, no. uh, Seth, you're going you're gonna to watch one from... Or no, it's not. It's Jared's turn. Yeah, it is. My, is it my week? No, I think it's my turn. It's is Jared's. It? Yeah. Yeah, because the one week that I accidentally watched a movie, it was Cody's week. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> yeah. Yep. So, Jared, it's your turn next week. Uh, do you have your list? What, what do you have to choose um, from? I, I don't have the full list, but I think uh, uh, Schindler's List, Goodfellas, um, First Reformed, basically any movie that's over three hours is on that list. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So I think I have a I, I have like a couple days you know just open that I could watch that whole movie. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, you can watch Goodfellas in installments. Yeah, um, that'll be a nice <laughs> one to watch. <laughs> uh, make sure you guys come on back to hear a review from Jared next week in We Missed the Boat. Oh, I'm on a boat, AM. You're gonna need a bigger boat. All righty, let's get to some more movies. Um, I was gonna say some more recent ones, but. One of the movies we'll review next is almost 30 years old. So uh, let's just Pretty say recent. we're going to jump into reviews. <laughs> Mom, what do you think? I love it. I hated it. So I want to jump right into uh, that older movie I just mentioned uh, because I just for the first time uh, last night, I, I sat down and I watched Batman Mask of the Phantasm, um, which was available on Netflix. And... I've heard a lot about the Batman animated series and how great it was. And I, I watched it a little, but not, not really. And the animated movies that came out of it, um, have gotten a lot of love and mask of the phantasm is one. The reason I put it on is cause I saw it on a friend of mine had put it on his list of top 10 favorite movies, period. It was like in like seven or something. And, uh, and I was like, yeah, you know, I'll throw it on. It's short. Uh, it was 80 minutes or so. And, um, I didn't realize how old it was when I first put it on. I thought it was more recent, but it's from 1993, I believe. And this is Batman, Bruce Wayne, um, kind of mixing up with a woman from his past whose name I, I'm going to fail to, uh, to come up with. Um, but it's not, it's not like the most common Batman ladies. I think she was made up specifically for this show, but mixes up with, uh, with this girl from his past who has returned to town uh, while also dealing with um, some weird seismic changes in, in the mob uh, of Gotham City and the families that are having some turmoil there. So I think what was cool about this for me wasn't even necessarily the, the plot of this movie, but the animation was really cool. Um, it was different from what I'm used to seeing because I think it was probably pretty common back at the time. But um, now it just kind of has a cool... Uh, almost like grainy look to it that now I think makes me feel like the movie is more gritty and serious. Um, at the time it was just like every other cartoon or at least like a lot of them. So I don't know if, I think that's probably recent that that grittiness kind of has that feel. Um, but really they 
take the animated movie as seriously as you would take a live action one. And so the way that they do their camera angles and moving camera shots and uh, the way they transition between scenes, the way they score it, um, it was interesting because it very clearly is a movie. It, it's, it doesn't feel like an extended episode of a cartoon or anything like that. Um, it feels cinematic in a way that's really cool. And, and generally speaking, I think fans of Batman have probably seen Mask of the Phantasm. But if you're interested in checking out some animation, that's cool. Or if you want to continue to fill out your Batman, um, your Batman set list, this was a really fun way to just spend, you know, 80 minutes or so, um, just kind of watching that. I I think it's better than the killing joke that came out a few years ago. And I saw that one in theaters. Uh, I think mask of the phantasm is better than that. Um, but I haven't seen enough others to, to know where it belongs on the pantheon of, of, uh, Batman animated movies. So, um, as much as anything, uh, check out some, uh, some of these old animated, um, especially the DC animated movies. Cause I've heard a lot of them are really good, but I've just started to dip my toe into them. So, uh, if you are wanting to see mask of the phantasm, it's on Netflix and I was glad I found it. I had a really enjoyable time with it. Noise. It yeah, is well, noise. There's, there's a lot of good, um, really good animated Batman stuff. They've always DC's always been a lot better at the those like little movie animated movies and stuff than um, some of the you know Marvel stuff. I think Marvel had kind of more shows that were popular and stuff. But I always put the Batman animated series up there too. It it mm-hmm. is one of the best. That yeah, and um, Batman Beyond for me. Yeah. Which I were basically liked, continuation. Right. Yeah, because didn't Conroy come back to do Bruce? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what I thought was really cool about the movie, and and this happens so rarely that I forget how refreshing it is. The Batman movie is entirely self-contained. You don't need anything before this movie, and this movie doesn't need to carry into anything after. There's no sequel tease. It just is a standalone. And and it's so rare now that we see those. It was really nice to see a standalone superhero movie. And it made mm-hmm. me think, is this something the MCU should be trying to do? To Whether it's animated or not, but to have some movies that are maybe set, I don't know how you could do it, but if they were set outside the MCU, but, but having something that's truly self-contained and does not relate to the MCU um, for the sake of having a one-off, you know, even if it's a shorter animated movie or something else, is this something you think the MCU should be exploring? Is what if, do you think the best, is that the best opportunity for them to do something like this? Or, or would you like to see them spread out into something more like what the DC has been able to do? I don't, I don't think with the movies they should be doing that. I think the, that's what the D, like Disney Plus is good for, like the what if and, and certain things like that. They can kind of explore different places. But I think with the movies, what makes it special over what something like DC or anything else has done in the past is that they've been able to connect it all and keep everyone invested. If they start making these one-offs where it doesn't matter, they're not going to get people into the theater and people aren't going to care. Um, so it's like I, I, I think – for the MCU movies, that's what they need to focus on is is keeping it connected. That's what brought them to the the table here. Yeah, I'm 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 sad to agree with you, but I think you're right. I, th- I think anything they put out that isn't obviously connected to the rest of the the MCU is not going to do very well. Um, so I think people, for whatever reason, now need everything to connect, and and Marvel created that problem, so they have to deal with it now. But I think that's an opportunity that DC still has, even with their live action movies, to kind of. Um, not be slaves to the the connectivity of all of the movies and and have a little bit more, I don't know. You have to get a little bit more creative, have a little bit more fun. I think in in a lot of cases to have something that really stands alone and and I really appreciated that in that Mask of the Phantasm. But um, 
Anyway, that was longer than I was going to spend on that movie. I was just going to encourage folks, you know, go out and try some of that old animated stuff. But we do also have a couple reviews. Seth didn't watch Dick this weekend because he's useless. But, <laughs> um, but Jared, you saw a couple things. What have you got for us? Yeah, two reviews that actually come out Friday of this week. So these Ooh. are exclusive. Ooh, oh, yeah. shit. Break yourself, fool. Soco Show exclusive. Exclusive. Um, so this, <laughs> um, the first one I'm going to talk about is called The Rental. And this is uh, the directorial debut of Dave Franco. So cool with that name on it and whatnot. But this is your weekend getaway Airbnb with two couples. So essentially, it's this work couple, quotes around that, where it's uh, a woman and a man. They work at like kind of an architecture um, build or uh, office and whatnot. And then his brother is dating the girl that he works with and then the guy's fiance. So they go on this weekend getaway because they have just like gotten a big contract. Anyways, when they get there, a few things are a little amiss. Um, the the host, you know, uh, I guess the one woman that's the girlfriend is um, a different race. I'm trying to remember what she is, but with she has a foreign name essentially. So her reservation was kicked out. But then an hour later, the guy tried to reserve it and got in. So right there, there's always mm. there's already this kind of setup of like is this host of this Airbnb to be trusted? It's also kind of a beach house in the middle of nowhere. Um, There's not really great uh, uh, cell service. And then through the kind of conversations of this couple, because they haven't really hung out that much, but you find out that, you know, the brother, the younger brother has kind of been given a lot of shots. He's maybe, you know, been in some trouble. He, uh, or not shots, but like second chances and whatnot. He's gotten in trouble. He's kind of a troublemaker. And then the brother, the older brother, um, is kind of, he, he is always in a relationship, but feels like he starts another relationship before that relationship ends even though he's married now but you know this is kind of his his thing moving forward anyways it's just a two-day weekend at this essentially beach house and it's kind of it it starts off with that of like is it this uh race thing with with the host is it this relationship type thing where this guy you know you have your work husband or work wife and where does the creativity stop and where does you know the line crossing begin and everything like that so it's kind of this like interesting relationship type look and the horrors of a weekend getaway that everything and anything could go wrong with just the people hanging out, uh, the people, you know, a story of something coming up where, you know, you maybe didn't realize this about this one person. Um, I'm trying to be vague because I don't want to spoil anything. So it, you guys might be scratching your heads right now. Mm-hmm. But um, I will say that, you know, the way that everything plays out and the way that it's crafted like that is eerily just horrible because I, I've been on a weekend getaway that is just completely gone to shit. So you can you can see how you can book a, an Airbnb and it just be awful. Um, but then it does kind of morph into a bit of a th- thriller slash slasher towards the later parts of the film. 
And I think that that's where it kind of lost me. Um, the first two thirds, I loved what they were doing with the relationships and hiding things and a few other wrinkles of the Airbnb and the host come into play that I'm not going to mention. But then once it goes into your your kind of traditional horror film I th- or uh, slasher, then I think that that's where it kind of lost me, like I mentioned. But the, the atmosphere of the house and kind of the creepiness of like maybe hearing something in the room and then you go into that room and a door is open and you're like, why is that door open? Or the discovery of something hidden within the house or behind a door that was locked. Um, or like just the creepy like mist potentially coming in at like, you know, uh, late night or whatever it, it it's very dark so the atmosphere and the setup is great but I think that it just it, it didn't fully close for me it wasn't that great thing but I think that as a directorial debut from um Franco I think that this is a great job if he sticks in this kind of horror light horror uh thriller uh atmosphere for his next maybe few films, who knows what he has planned. I think that he has a potential future of, you know, nailing the next one for sure. I, again, this was this worked, and it's a quick 90 minutes, so if you want to go in and have a good time with it for a date night or something, go for it. It just didn't entirely grab me for the whole runtime. That's a shame. I mean, I guess that there are flashes here is, like, cool and, like, good enough. Like, for someone's directorial debut... To hear you say that, like, you saw that he's maybe got something here is, like, that's enough for me. Um, but to, to contain our, our hope for Dave Franco's directing future in the uh, directing future aside, um, it seems strange to me that a 90-minute movie didn't keep you uh, locked in the whole time. <laughs> Do, did it seem like they were, did it seem like they had to add? Because you said it, you know, they kind of shift, almost shift genres a little bit in the second half. Did it seem like they were trying... I don't know, like like they were trying to pad, and that's why they were at it. Or I don't, or did- I don't think it was the padding. I think it, it does all make sense, but I think that it was a bit of a reach from what the like the first fifteen minutes compared to the last fifteen minutes. Completely different movies. I liked what they were doing with the first fifteen, and I liked what they did with the last fifteen. But it's just not the same movie. Um, mm-hmm. It kind of it steers into that, and again, there's things that I am not mentioning because I would. You don't want to know going into the movie that certain things fall into play because it leads to that end 15 minutes. It's just I didn't I didn't like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get that. I get that. Um, so watch with caution um, the movie <laughs> The Rental uh, directed by, of course, Dave Franco. Um, but we'll keep an eye out for what he's got coming next. And what Jared has coming next is is one more review here. So this other one. Uh, a couple straight weeks of some horror movies here. Yep, another SoCo exclusive. Ooh, um, break yourself, this fool! <laughs> so this is another uh, VOD movie that will be out Friday. Um, this one is called Amulet. And the setup of this one, and again, I, I got to be vague about both of these because there's certain reveals that I'm just like, holy shit, like you, you need to not know. Um, but the setup of this one or the synopsis is terror strikes when a former soldier takes a job helping a young woman and her housebound mother. So it's kind of a setup of this man and it has him as present day, but also kind of flashbacks of his time in war, which was, it doesn't entirely tell you how much time maybe five ten years um it's it's more of a recent type thing so him in his present day he's kind of homeless he's working odd jobs he's essentially standing outside of like a local 
Home Depot, even though this takes place in like uh, Great Britain, I believe. So like whatever the equivalent of that is. And when people come by and like need uh, sheetrocking or painting or something, they're just like, hey, come work with us. Um, so that's what's happening in his, in his present day. His past self that, again, it flashes back. And the flashbacks, sometimes they're a bit sporadic. Um, but they are clearly shown. I know that some people kind of complained that they didn't know the time jumps of Little Women, I guess. Um, this one you clearly know. It's like, okay, he's in like this forest area. So in the olden times or the past self, when he's working or he's in the war, he, um, through connections of his family and whatnot, he just sits at this isolated border patrol in like a little log cabin. So he, he kind of has it made. He's not facing the the horrors of war, essentially. Um, so that's his past self. But present self, you know, dealing with all of that other stuff. But then um, you find out that he's suffering from kind of PTSD and stuff because at night he <laughs> he duct tapes his hands and feet that together so he doesn't thrash out at other people or himself because of these extremely, like, uh, violent night terrors, which that kind of when he goes to sleep will kind of flash back to, you know, those those previous times or a flashback. So in the flashback times, it's him, you know, sitting in this isolated place. He, he ends up coming across this woman who is kind of trying to run away from war on the other side of the war, but ends up staying with him. But then in the previous time, he is, you know, this homeless person, something happens where um, his homeless encampment starts on fire, and um, he goes and ends up living at this house that this nun took him to with this woman, and taking care of the sick mother, aka person up in the attic, because the sick mother is so sick that she can't be around people, so that is kind of the setup, very you know, long drawn out setup for, for, you know, what I'm going to try to explain here. But the way that they, they piece everything together, they give you little bits and pieces, like kind of breadcrumbs throughout this of what is going on here? What happened in the past? What's happening here in the present? How come they're jumping back and forth? Like, where's the connection here? And I think that, and I think this was also a directorial debut from the director as well. Um, I can't think of the woman's name, but she does a great job of, again, I mean, some of it might be, on, actually, no, it's a writer-director, so I think that she wrote it as well. Um, she does a great job of really slow burn giving you the pieces of where this movie is going to end. And it's creepy because it's like, is this a haunted house type horror film? Is this a PTSD horror film of him reflecting on his past? Or is this kind of a monster locked away in the attic type story? So it's it's really interesting to kind of go through this story with the, the, the brief dialogue because a lot of it is just kind of this eerie music of string instruments, uh, bells, kind of like chanting, almost like religious chanting as well that fills that eerie atmosphere. And also you find out that this woman, um, a, the attic mother that's sick or whatever, she just wants to die. Um, so there's no electricity in the house because she keeps trying to like kill herself through, you know, sticking stuff into the plugins. So <laughs> the house setting is very eerie as well because this, I think, takes place in the early, mid-90s maybe. So there is no cell phones. Um, so it is very dimly lit by candles and lights flickering every now and every now and then or like the twilight coming through a window at night so it's very eerie of just being in this kind of rundown house 
and something being in the house that he doesn't know what is there. Um, so it is a very creepy, unsettling story. And I'm not going to say what the hell happens because I could give you a hundred guesses and you will never figure out where this movie leads. And it's one of those where I had to sit there because I'm like, what, what, what the fuck just happened here? <laughs> and I, I liked it. I know that I read a few other reviews because this premiered at Sundance and there was a lot of people that were like put off by it. But I think that it is such a literally bonkers that's what this movie is bonkers it's literally such a bonkers conclusion that i'm like wow well well played well played for sure um so yeah amulet amulet crazy is it i you mentioned a lot of creepy at creepy atmosphere um and we've talked lately about kind of the the new horror a24 type is it more that, or is it, like, pretty effectively scary? Like, did you get freaked out at times, or is it more creepy core type stuff? Um, so, Seth, you had just watched Relic this last week. I would say mm-hmm. it's similar to that, but more creepy than that. So, the kind of, like, the slow burn of what exactly is going on here. But there are some definitely some creepy imagery and some creepy things that happen that I would say are more frightening or eerily strangely unsettling almost because it shows you and you're like oh god i don't want to see that hmm hmm this is interesting you've got me uh you've got me intrigued mm-hmm. because i i i, I want to know what the fuck happens and <laughs> this is a this is a toit 99 minutes so yes. it's a short one and a creepy one and it's got some twists and turns uh this is gonna go on my list you have me sold uh if yeah. for no other reason than I, 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 hearing you, uh, tease, uh, that this has a crazy ending. I want to get it on them spoils. So, uh, I'm probably going to try to check this out soon. Yeah. And the two, uh, kind of two, three main people that are actors and actresses in this are, I, I really enjoyed them. I thought that they worked really well off of each other. Um, so yeah, this has, this has some good things going for it. Is this, uh, would you say this is at the top of, of some of the stuff you've seen lately in terms of horror? Like just these last couple of weeks, I know we've done, um, at least two or three others. Uh, so as compared to like the rental and, um, uh, what cursed, is that the one you just saw? Relic. Um, relic. Yeah. Uh, um, is, it, is I, it as good or better than those? Um, better than the rental in my opinion, because the rental, I think, you know, as I, as I kind of mentioned, it, it, a few things fell through for myself. Um, relic I really, really enjoyed because it was like kind of your creepy horror type movie, but had something to say. Um, mm-hmm. This one, I, I would say, falls in the middle okay. because it it's definitely got some things to say, but maybe not as clear as you want them to be. Mm, I like that. I like that. Sounds like I might need to read mm-hmm. some articles afterwards. I like those movies. All righty. Well, this one, uh, if you want to get in on, on the intrigue, uh, this one is Amulet. And this is dropping where? Friday on video, video on demand, I believe. Both of these, rental and amulet. Well, there you go. There you go. Head out to wherever it is you rent your movies, uh, and you can check out the rental or amulet. And uh, if you want to check out some old school Batman animation, check out Mask of the Phantasm on Netflix now. Uh, so a lot of good stuff coming through here, and that's going to do it for this week's reviews. Mom, what do you think? I love it! <laughs> All righty, folks. Uh, we are just about finished with this week's show, but before we go, we got to give you one more thing. 
All right, folks, so we've talked uh, a fair amount about the fact that I live in the town that has the last remaining blockbuster. Um, What is very exciting this week is that it was announced. uh, Apparently for a while now, there has been uh, a documentary in the works about blockbuster and specifically about the last blockbuster. So uh, the movie is finished. It's called The Last Blockbuster. And it's going to be, uh, it's going to be premiered. I want to make sure I get this right. Yeah, it's going to be premiered this weekend, uh, July 25th, uh, as part of the Bend Film Festival. So Bend Film Fest happens every year and is typically in the fall and is an an entirely in-person thing. But um, they're going to a uh, drive-in festival this year. And so I, I don't know whether or not I'll get out to this. I would like to, but I don't, I haven't yet planned my weekend. Um, but I may be able to get to a, uh, drive-in premiere, world premiere of the lack, last blockbuster documentary. Um, it's made by some local Oregonians, um, and follows the general manager named Sandy, um, who has been the general manager of the Bend location for a while and her fight to keep the last location, uh, up and running. That's, that's kind of what's going on. So it was going to premiere in May, but got pushed back because uh, of the pandemic. And now it's going to be uh, going to be a drive up. And I'm looking at where I can get some tickets and I'm going to try to go see this. So more to come. But uh, keep an eye out for that movie after the uh, after the world premiere so we can see where that's going to land. So if you're interested in learning about the the final blockbuster on Earth, um, keep an eye out for the last blockbuster documentary coming soon at a bend. <laughs> yeah. Nice. I, I want to check that out. I'll get it to um, you if I can find out where it's going to be. I don't. It, I, it seems pretty small, um, so I don't know when, when and where it'll be available. Which is why I want to go to the premiere because um, I don't know when I'll get a chance to see it. But mm-hmm. if I find it, if I find where to get it, I'll, I'll make sure everyone knows where to where to go. Hmm. Um. My one more thing. I again, I never have anything like too groundbreaking. But um, surprise, surprise, you guys were here in Des Moines this last what Tuesday, something like that. Just mm-hmm. kind of a quick trip through because you guys had a weekend getaway. Um, luckily, it wasn't the same weekend getaway that was in the rental. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, we filmed another episode of Shot Ones. Uh, I think it turned out fairly well. I was going to try yesterday. Uh, I put together a promo quick. It wasn't anything great. Um, that's why I didn't include it in J-Buck Live. But, yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, how episode one and two of that finally turn out. Yeah. yeah, folks, you're going to want to definitely keep an eye out for these um, on either the YouTubes or on the Patreon. At Jared Buckendall. And make sure you see these. Um, I got to see behind the scenes of the production and, and work with you guys on on the episode that I got to appear on. And uh, I'm really excited to see how this turns out. And so uh, just so you guys make sure you're you're subscribed and have your notifications on. You're not going to want to miss that when it comes out. I, I know it's, it's going to be really cool. So um, So that's a good one. Seth, what what do you got going on? Um, some some quick entertainment you can check out um, on uh, on the old YouTube's um, and actually on TBS. Uh, there's 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 been the Celebrity Showdown show or something like that. Celebrity Show Off. I, I don't think I don't think I've talked about this on here, but um, it's uh, they have uh, some celebrities kind of in a competition where they're they were sent some filming equipment and uh, they were basically ma- are making. 
um, five minute shows um, to put on. It's eventually on YouTube where you can vote for them and stuff, but um, they, they premiere on the show. And uh, I mean, they have like a bunch of random celebrities on there. Uh, ja Rule, Jason Mraz, um, kind of like that level of celebrity. Um, and, but Kevin Smith is on there and, uh, he's made a, basically he's, he's kind of the only one that's made like a, a real show out of it. He did, uh, he did like a sitcom. It's like a five minute sitcom, um, called Sun and Lockdown where I've seen this. Yeah. What what happened in real life? Um, so Kevin Smith's daughter, she still lives at the house cause it's like a mansion and, uh, they, uh, her boyfriend was kind of like, like there a lot before the quarantine happened and he just kind of moved in with quarantine and so they made like a fake sitcom about that of like um the the boyfriend living in the house and um like him getting used to this the him being there like kevin smith getting used to him being there and they've had like jason muse on and like his whole family's involved with it and stuff and it's actually really funny um it's like a funny little five minute sitcom i think they've done six episodes now and so the more that more views that it gets on the recent one um, the better chance he has to keep going because celebrities get kicked off as it goes on. So it's pretty fun. Well, there you go. Keep an eye out. We'll link to this in the description so you can head out to YouTube and check it out. Um, but uh, we got to get Kevin Smith to win whatever competition this is. So go check out the uh, Sun in Lockdown out there on YouTube. We'll link to that. Uh, while you're at it, while you're on the YouTubes, make sure you subscribe to Buck so you can get upcoming episodes of Shot Ones and uh, keep an eye out for the last Blockbuster documentary um, hopefully more to come on that real soon. So that'll do it for this week's One More Thing. But I'm down to one more, one more thing. All right, folks. Well, we had a little bit shorter episode today. Um, not a lot going on in the movie world, but um, I think we did plenty, I think. Yeah, I'm, and say it's still going to be about two hours. So I don't know how, <laughs> short I don't episode, know short two hours. Is. Yeah. Um, we'll see, we'll see how long it comes in at, but, uh, it has been episode 153. If you're looking for anything further on anything we talked about today, uh, jump in the description box. You're going to get links to our, our, uh, our sponsors. You're going to get links to some of the stories, some of the movies and videos and things that we referenced in the show. Uh, check out the description box for all of that. Uh, also want to give big shouts out to all of our sponsors and also to our anchor contributors, uh, Mike V, Jared B, Anna S and Casey C. Uh, we appreciate y'all monthly contributions, uh, helping us keep the show going. <clears throat> if you would like to become an anchor contributor, hit the link in the description box uh, to go check that page out. And if you're not a contributor, that's okay too. Just keep clicking on these episodes, keep sharing them with friends, because every time someone listens, that helps the show out. Big shouts out to JB. At Jared Buckendall. Once again, joining the show. Uh, Jared, what's coming up on the YouTube channel? What can folks look forward to? Yeah, well, thank you guys for uh, almost like what five months on this podcast. You know, I'm I'm like that kid that you know won't go to college or something. You just got, yeah, you got to kick me out one of these days. Um, but this uh, Friday, I should hopefully, fingers crossed, uh, have an ending explained poorly for Amulet. So if you do go check out that movie, jump over and watch that, and I'll try to explain it as easiest as I can because it is again a bonkers movie but then every weekend now I'm, I'm trying to push this again I am very strapped for time sometimes but uh, I'm going to try doing a live Q&A over on YouTube and it's not going to be a scheduled thing it's just going to be either Saturday or Sunday morning afternoon nighttime whatever I'm going to hopefully try bringing guests on I'm assuming I'll try to get both of you on at some point just to hang out with you know the community over there because um 
people like wondering who we are or who I am um, outside or kind of movie preferences and stuff. So look out for that stuff, you know, kind of on J Buck Studios. There you Woo. go, folks. And while you're over there subscribing, make sure you turn your notifications on so you can hit those uh, those those pop-up shows when they do happen. Uh, it's a great YouTube follow if you're not on there already. I don't know what the fuck you're waiting on because he's got some good shit getting posted over there. So head on over there, give him a sub. Uh, we've got some pretty exciting stuff coming down the pipe show-wise um, revolving around our upcoming three-year anniversary. Um, so we, we can't formally announce anything yet, but upcoming news uh, in the next few weeks uh, should be should be soon. So... Uh, keep an ear out for out for that, and uh, yeah, in between now and then, we'll we'll have some more uh, have some more good old SoCo episodes for you. We're gonna wrap this one up though, for Jared Buckendall and for the so host Seth Ott. I've been the co-host Cody Michael, and we will see you next week. Bye.